all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. By the time we get to episode, like, I don't know, 500, like, what am I going to do to... I don't know. Top... Top all these... What am I already doing? I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be... It's going to be tough. It will be. Uh, Well, we're close to... Is this 148? Is this 148? Yes. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I know. We're close to 150. Yes, we are. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't have anything special planned at the moment. Not at the moment. <laughs> a couple of thoughts, but yeah. We have um, thoughts planned. It's two weeks away. Yeah. There's time. Whatever. <laughs> um, follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook, at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. That reminds me, I need to get back to a whole bunch of people. Um, and join our discussion group. It's a lovely discussion group. Yes, it with is. With good people. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And one one thing I wanted to chime in on that I've kept forgetting to mention. Okay. Um, so the episode that we did, Surviving Survival, which was Clint on Clint Malarchuk, which was like five episodes ago. It was a lot. Ago, it was a, six yeah, episodes ago. It's so ago. hard to keep track. Anyway, interesting side note, and I'll try to remember to put this on our Twitter and on our Insta. Insta. So the, the subject of that. Um, podcast was about the goalie Clint Malarchuk who mm-hmm. had his literally had his throat slit yeah. during a game. Yeah, by a skate. Mm-hmm. And was essentially saved by his trainer. Right. That trainer mm-hmm. is also my nephew who plays hockey in Florida. Uh-huh. Is his trainer. That's awesome. And the other incident we talked about in that episode where um another o- Ole Jokinen accidentally yeah slit one of his teammates' throats mm-hmm. just accidentally. His skate flailed. That, in that case, it flailed up. It did, yeah. He, he was, was getting falling. He was getting hit, yeah. and the other guy was kind of skating into him. Yep. Um, but it was not as serious as Malarchuk's, but right. he did still get his throat slit. Yes, it's, a, that's not... There's a nice blood trail on the ice that shows him going to the it's bench. It's not okay either way. <laughs> no. But that guy who accidentally did the throat set slitting, Oli Jokinen, is also... Uh, one of Tyler's coaches. <laughs> so he has. We do have a picture of uh, my nephew, um, my brother-in-law, and Ole Jokinen posing together. <laughs> That's cool. And Ole Jokinen's a pretty big dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel um, that. Tyler's going to stay safe playing if that's his... Uh, as safe as you can be, I guess. His trainer, yeah. yeah. If, if anybody's He's got a proven record. <laughs> if anybody gets their throat slit, they've got the right guy for the job. Well, just quick thinking. Yeah. I would think. He must be a bit older these days, huh? I, he has to I would think he's he in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Most yeah. of the, the Vietnam veterans slowly but surely have turned into the World War II veterans. like from the 90s, yeah. Yeah, like when I was a kid growing up, like the World War II veterans were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Starting to age, And now that's where the Vietnam generation is. Well, that's when, like, uh, Tom Brokaw did The Greatest Generation and all that to try and get the stories out of 
uh, people who were alive during World War II fought in World War II and all that because they were getting older, the idea being they wouldn't have much longer to tell their stories. Yeah, and un- and unfortunately, like for good reason, not a whole lot of people want to hear the Vietnam stories. Um, well, the Vietnam sto- I mean, not that the World War II stories are, are great. No. But... But there was there a, was there was a, a level just of brutality. And... There was a justification for World War II. We were literally trying to stop a madman from taking over the world. There was that. There was zero justification for yeah. Vietnam. Yeah, and I watched bad. the whole uh, the PBS thing, and I mm. almost cried a couple of times because mm. you get it's to because you get to know some of the people mm. and then, that they depict. Yep, and then they're dead, and yeah. it's like for what? Yeah. Um, on my favorite murder recently, they did. Uh, they covered Kent State. Mm-hmm. The Kent State. Yeah, massacre. that's uh, that that's was... one. Unfortunately, we'll never be able to cover because uh, it didn't major get major tr- crime. Didn't get treated that way, but it was a fucking absolute crime. It was completely a crime, um, a military crime. Well, it was Ohio National Guard, I mm-hmm. believe. Yes, it was. So, yeah, they're military. Yeah. Uh, technically, yeah, they would be considered armed forces. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Probably just because it everything that's such a heavy topic. Immediately, my mind was like, "Oh, do you remember Amber from Love Is Blind? She was a tank mechanic for the Georgia oh yeah, that's National right, she Guard. was. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the uh, whole uh, the, the hello, t- my baby. <laughs> and the two the two of them that got together mm-hmm. and that they couldn't have been more perfect for each other. Yes, and were married, still married <laughs> two, as two, of two, the two bros. Just one of them happens to be a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the same bro mentality. Still, my favorite moment on Love is Blind was when they were doing the bachelorette party and they did a um, talking head or whatever, you know, when you just interview someone and she's like, I'm just so happy. And also, I'm really drunk. I'm getting married. Oh, and also, I'm really broke. (laughs) Well, there was that, too. Mm. There was that, too. Which, uh, um, regardless of how you feel about the military... um, you should not be broke coming out of the military. Yeah, she was she was in for like six years or something, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was our all bad reality. <laughs> yes, <corner>. all bad realities. <laughs> COVID nineteen, not non COVID nineteen edition. Yeah, we'll get into that one day. I'm sure. I've been enjoying rewatching Million Pound Menu. That's one of my uh, oh. fun to rewatch. High production value food related reality shows i've spent most of my time playing the last of us and nhl 20 yes oh by the way zach if you're out there if you're listening uh, just send me an invite i've been playing it on xbox not on playstation oh okay he has it for playstation ah gotcha um and i've been playing a lot of stardew valley yes <laughs> i i am interested to know from anyone who may know the I'm thinking that Animal Crossing that literally everybody is playing right now because I everyone guess. has I a keep, Nintendo I Switch. I keep seeing things on Twitter about it. I think it. it's similar to Stardew Valley, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Just like better I have graphics. no idea what that game is about. Uh, I, um, Both of them, Animal, actually. Animal Crossing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that I don't know. I kind of told you about Stardew Valley, but... Yeah, it kind of looks like... And you've seen it on my massive new monitor. It kind of looks like uh, Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. But farming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and mining... And fishing. Um, three, yeah. thi- three things that you would not do in real life. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, we have no new one-star one reviews nice. to uh, cover. In fact, we got two very nice five-star reviews. One, 
was titled, I'm not going to, because this is just ego striking, but one, uh, just Justin and left us a review where the title was unbearably wonderful. (laughs) So cute. Our listeners are the best. Um, we are still here. And we are still here for you. Absolutely. So if you need anything, hit us up. You know where we are. We literally need, just gave all our contact information. If you need food, if you need money, mm-hmm. please reach out to us. We will Happy help. Happy to help. Happy to help. All right. I'm just kind of putting things off. This is a a notorious, yeah, really I bad have, one. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. So um, I'll get into the credits because I did not do the research for this. Um but trigger warning ahead of time. You know it's bad when we have to give yeah. an additional trigger warning for children. Mm. So this is this is kind of more on the scope of, and I, I don't remember how what the death count for the Valletta Stampede was. But do you remember that the that kids who were was, marching? And, yeah, that was in London, right? No, that was in like that was in Valletta. <laughs> but isn't Malta? I believe in the UK. Malta right? is a country. Oh, I, just, I, don't, I don't remember anything okay. about that. So. <laughs> it was anyway, a while back. Anyway, I want to say that that was like in the low 100s. I, have, I literally have no recollection and didn't look about it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So this... Malta. This is the story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel You fell for that until the last line. I was just waiting for you to like start laughing and interrupt me. Uh, I, I never you watched it. You were taking it. me totally seriously. No, I wasn't. I, I had one eyebrow raised. That was so funny because uh, somebody recently said every time I say this is the story they think about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I never really watched that show. So yeah. You, I don't know the theme song. You're too old. No, actually, you should have. You should have been didn't... watching it. Why weren't you watching it? That was at, like a hot at that show. Because ta- at that time, I watched pretty much zero TV shows. I watched, I watched nothing but movies back then. That's why you like Goodfellas so much. Mm-hmm. To almost a disturbing extent. Yeah, I could probably <laughs> quote most of it. You, you have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is... I may have to interrupt this whole story to have you do the... the not Shecky Green, who is the... Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. The comedian. Henny Youngman. Henny Youngman bit, yeah. Just to, because this is going to... Henny be Youngman! <laughs> this is the story of <clears throat> the Aberfan disaster. Okay, I don't, I don't okay. know what this is. So this is one that I had not Aberfam? heard of. Aberfan? Aberfan, F-A-N. Okay. A-B-E-R-F-A-N. Okay. Um, This is something I hadn't heard of until... We started this podcast and I was looking at disasters. So this one's been on the list for a while, but I still didn't know a lot about it until um, our listener did the research and we'll get into that in just a second. So on October 21st, 1966, a massive downhill slide of sludge from a nearby colliery rushed into the Welsh village of Aberfan, killing 144 people. Wow. 116 of whom were children. Jeez. And we're talking, uh, I think get into, we get into a little bit. We're talking very small children. Seven to ten, I believe, yeah. mostly. Yeah. So not, uh, not like adolescents. But yeah. So this is a, like I said, this is a major disaster. We've had a lot of suggestions to do it. And I feel like there's more people than I wrote down. But on my 
my uh, list, I only had two names on it. It was Stephanie and Jeremy. So I apologize if anybody else suggested. I feel like at least somebody else did, like on a message or something. So just shout yourself out and I'll plug you. Um, because this is this, this is a, a big historic disaster. Um, further, almost all of this script, I, I just put in a couple of things, was written by our awesome listener, Matthew M. And I'm putting his last initial like we're in kindergarten because we have a few listeners named Matthew. So just kind of sure. um, delineating. This is Matthew M. Matthew M. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, I, this sounds like a rough one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So major, major thanks to Matthew. Um, one thing Matthew said after doing the research was, quote, I genuinely need a drink after writing it. Yep. <laughs> quote. So, that's why we drink during the show. That's why we drink. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yep. We're not, we're not talking mm-hmm. about fun things. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Even no. though we are listed as a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, side note, uh... Our, I think it was Hannah, our listener, pointed out that um, our timing for the Hajj disaster last week, like Ramadan had just started. So oh, it was okay. Kinda, uh, in an important month uh, of the Islamic faith, and we were covering an Islamic disaster or a disaster taking place during an Islamic event. So uh, that was not intended because... That would require more planning ahead than I did, but, you know. It would also require understanding anything about Islam, which neither of us really we do. We learned a lot, we I did. feel. Yes. We learned a lot about, especially about the Hajj, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I learned that I'd like to go to St. Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the golf analogies. <laughs> oh, oh, but somebody pointed out... That the old course is, is at St. Andrews. Andrews. Yeah, yeah. I, I always get the confused on the Tiger Woods video game <laughs> is because that what you know it from. Well, no, I know it from real, but you get to play the course on the actual game, okay. which is really cool. But on some versions of the game, it's listed as the old course, and some and on Saint other Andrews. versions of the game, it's listed as St. Andrews. So I did get. I thought it was the same place, but I wasn't sure, so okay. I didn't. I didn't want to say that it was. Gotcha. But now I know it is. <laughs> and the uh, if you're ever in Myrtle Beach, there is a country club. Which Myrtle name, Beach, South Carolina. Which name I cannot remember. Um, but they mash up um, like the 18 most famous holes oh. in the mm-hmm. in the world by number. Like this is the most famous number one. This is the most famous number two. And like recreate it. Yes, it was oh, really wow. it was really cool to play on. And uh, the first and 18th hole, because this is how it is at St Andrews, mm-hmm. they use the same fairway. Oh, okay. So, okay. if you're ever in Myrtle Beach, just look up what the, because I can't remember the name of the place, but it was really cool to play. And don't accidentally visit the Polygamous Zoo <laughs> from Tiger King. No, that. Don't do guy, that. of all it, the... Is he still in jail? No, he was never in jail. I thought, yeah, he was. No, not The Tiger the, King? No, no, no. Tiger King was in Oklahoma. Oh, Talking the other the guy. guy. Yes, that's right. Myrtle Beach. That's right. If ever there was a socio, there were all sociopaths, but if ever there was like one that probably was, has committed multiple murders. And is really effective at being a sociopath. Yeah, it's, it's that, that guy. one. Mm-hmm. Was he in Myrtle Beach? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. The polygamist zoo. <laughs> it's not a zoo of polygamists. It's just that he is a polygamist. Well, poly- polyamorous. That is fine. It's fine to be polyamorous. It's just pretty clearly he was. He could have plenty of girls, like catering to his whims. In other words, 
he is a misogynist. There's so that's scumbag. where that. I can't remember from. that dude's name, but fuck that guy, whoever he is. Creepy McCreeperson mm-hmm. is his name, yeah. So Matthew did a really great job listing his sources um, for this script. The primary sources were Wikipedia, History.com, and the BBC. Okay. So let's start with Wales, geography and history. I know nothing hardly about Wales. Um, what yeah, Catherine see, Zeta-Jones is from there. She is Welsh, yes, mm-hmm. I believe that's true. That's about all I know about Wales. <laughs> and this is also where I get to try to pronounce Welsh words. <laughs> um, well, Welsh, for anyone who doesn't know, is the language with like a bunch of consonants in a row. It's hard. Way to, too many consonants. It's it's a bit, uh, we'll, we'll have a bit you of a take laugh some, at my yeah, expense. You can take some of those out. <laughs> I did actually look up like this little Welsh pronunciation guide and spelled everything out phonetically. Um, I'd be happy to hear from any Welsh listeners if I at least get kind of close. I am doing my best. So Aberfan is located in the southeast of Wales, and Wales is one of three countries that make up the island of Britain, the other two being England and Scotland. Wales is principally ruled from Westminster in London as part of the United Kingdom, though it does have its own administrative body in Cardiff called the Welsh National okay. Assembly. I've heard of Cardiff. I didn't know that that's where yeah, it was. Yeah, that's in Wales. Okay. Uh, that's southeast, in the southeast of Wales, not far from Aberfan. So. Um, now, in Welsh, the Welsh National Assembly is called Canuthiad Cenedlithal Cymru. Judges? Yes, I think that, that we'll go with All that. All right. Canuthiad Cenedlithal Cymru. <laughs> Can I see how that's spelled? Just yes, I, I put the pronunciation guide after each word, but that's the Canuthiad. Yeah, because two L's is apparently like th except Cenedlithal. No, Ken Caesar Kays. Yes, Cenedlithal. Yeah, and Cumru. Y's are either a or i apparently. Yeah. Just, just stop it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should learn, learn Welsh as my second language. That would come in so handy yeah, so in would. North Carolina. You could uh, tweet back and forth with Catherine Rosina Jones. <laughs> All right. So Wales' desire for its own national identity has been stymied for years, and has only really come out in the last century with a reemergence of Welsh nationalism linked to language and culture, mining. In particular, in particular, coal mining has since played an important role in the establishment of stronger and more profound feelings of national identity. The Aberfan disaster played an important role in establishing more of these shared characteristics in the Welsh national mindset. Now, there are three things for the purpose of this story to know about Wales. One, hills. The center of Wales is very mountainous with most population centers dotted around the coast, particularly southeast around Cardiff. So, bunches of hills and more populated around the edges. As I understand, Greenland is similar. First yes. of all, Greenland is not highly populated no, because it's, it's so cold. But everybody does live on the coast. Anyone who lives there, yeah, lives on the coast. Otherwise, it's like glaciers and mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, coal. The hills of Wales are rich in coal, with mining activity in Wales in a place called Blainavon in southeast Wales, dating back to the 14th century. 
Coal mining became a chief industry in Britain and especially North England and Wales during the 19th and 20th centuries with the advent of the Industrial Revolution and the need for cheap power. As it did everywhere. Mm-hmm. Any, any place yep. there was coal, Industrial Revolution, it's, it's yeah. being mined. I think, <clears throat> and I could be completely mistaken, but I think, do you remember... The Full Monty, the movie back in the I, 90s. I watched it. I don't specifically remember I actually think it's a great movie. It was a good movie. Like, highly empowering and hilarious. The Where Robert Carlyle does the striptease, like, um, practice, and he throw, whips his coat around, and, like, the 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 change uh, flies from his pocket and starts pelting his friend. That's easily one of my I favorite, could, like, funny I could, scenes. I can see that. See, I only knew that actor from, at the time, from Train Spotting, yeah. where he plays, like, a maniac. Mm-hmm. So I almost couldn't... And then he was in one of the 28... He was in 28 Weeks Later. Weeks Later. The... But by that time, by, by the time that movie came out, he had had quite a profile. But uh, There's an example of a C being pronounced like a K, Killian Murphy. Yes, yep. He was in 28 weeks or days later. That's why I Um, I made the connection. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing Robert Carlyle Mm -hmm. in a comedic role after only knowing him from playing like an actual like sociopath. He has a lot of range, Robert (laughs) Carlyle. A talented young man. Well, maybe not so young anymore, but talented actor. Uh, I'm trying to remember the line. But anyway, no. <laughs> I'll come up. Um, but, but, anyway, in the Full Monty, they were living in Sheffield, I think, which I think is I think that's where, that's also where Def Leppard is from. Oh, okay. And they depicted, like, in the beginning of the movie, they show, like, um, the unemployment problem in Sheffield in the 90s because it was a high industry area and then went into an economic depression when industry went down. So, Which is something that also happened yeah, all over the world in the 90s. Place, yeah. uh-huh. Coal mining in Wales has slowed recently, with 2008 marking the closure of the last deep pit mines in Wales. But Wales was chiefly responsible for British coal production in the early 20th century. Sorry. Especially in the Rontha Valley in South Wales. Okay. <laughs> that is spelled like Rhonda with an extra D, but apparently it's oh, I was thinking, Rontha. I was thinking with an extra A. No. Okay. R-H-O-N-D-D-A. Help oh. me, Rontha. Help, help me, Rontha. Uh, the Rontha Valley in South Wales. The region saw a population increase from less than 1,000 to over 100,000 during the 19th century. So that's, that's quite a, a boom. massive boom, yeah. That's literally with 100%. Mm-hmm. By 1921... 271,000 people in a country of 2.67 million were directly involved in mining. That's 10% wow. of your population in one, one industry. industry. Mm-hmm. So it's the industry It in is Wales. the industry. The overall production fell after the 1920s due to World War I, strikes, and market uncertainty. Coal remained an incredibly important economic resource in Wales up to the 1980s and 90s. And then the third thing to know about Wales for this story... <clears throat> is rain. Wales is a wet place. Yeah. Particularly when compared to other parts of the UK. And I know that you think of uh, the whole of of UK being like grey. Dreary. (laughs) Dreary. I I think of Wales the same way, but with like nice lush green mountains. Well, apparently (laughs) Wales is even more rainy than other parts of the UK. The aforementioned mountains and a degree of exposure to Atlantic related weather systems lead to, (laughs) I love this, this is all Matthew, to what meteorologists refer to as, quote, a metric 
fuck ton. <laughs> and he wrote fuck ton, F-U-C-K-T-O-N-N-E. Oh, nice. <laughs> so very British. And quote, from what I gathered of Matthew's writing, he himself is likely... He's a Brit? Of a, of a British or no. Welsh or Scottish or Irish persuasion. He's part of the UK. I believe so. It could be wrong, but I think so. He can help clarify. Um, so a metric fuck ton of rain across Wales, but particularly in inland regions. October is particularly well, if, wet. If it's very mountainous, then that's that's that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. October is particularly wet, averaging eight inches of rain a month in the mountains. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, now this is good to know because my dad and I, if, so obviously our UK trip is off, which we would have been leaving on, leaving for on in like. Just a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, obviously that's off. Uh, thanks, Obama. But <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> thanks, COVID. That'll be our new thing. Um, but we were thinking if we're going to go again, if we're going to try and planned for this year we were thinking october just for how things time out but um it's good to know that wales is especially rainy in october if we're gonna make plans yeah so all right so in 1869 the merthyr vale mine was opened allowing the then tiny two-house village of aberfan so like like barely when two houses are in sure one area and i'm sure they're not even town, i'm sure they're not even houses back then they're probably like probably looks like a shed today maybe um but that little teeny 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 tiny area developed into a town of over 5000 by 1966 that's quite a quite a bit so in about 100 years mm-hmm. in the outlying areas lived around 8000 miners their families and related workers the merthyr vale mine uh, above Aberfan had been nationalized, like most Welsh mines, in 1947, post-World mm-hmm. World War II, as part of British mining reforms, putting it under the jurisdiction of the National Coal, Coal Board, or NCB. I almost said National Corbold. A lot of things in the UK were nationalized after yeah, World War II. Um, health, for, health, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, just for infrastructure. Like, it just the, had to be supported. I was just going to say the, the train system was also nationalized. Mm-hmm. I believe it was nationalized during World War II as well. Okay. Certainly, that only became privatized like a decade or two ago. Mm. And it's gone swimmingly since then. <laughs> Has it now? This nationalization changed the regulation of the mines, bringing in... Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Mines, <laughs> a national body to monitor safety and activity in over I love their 1,400 names over UK there. mines, including this nearly century-old mine in they Wales. Have a, they have I the know, best titles over I there. Know. We don't have the, anything of Your Majesty, Her no. Majesty, His Majesty. It's more fun. Yeah, except we would have to refer to Fuckface as His <laughs> yeah, Royal Fuckface. Which, which I'm not doing, ever. I would call him his royal fuckface. If somebody was had a gun to my head and was like, you have to call him his his majesty, I would be like, just shoot me. I'm like, I'm never doing that. Is life really worth living if you have to do that? No, it isn't. That's just a joke. But... <laughs> well, we got we got our beautiful, uh, beautiful, clean, wonderful, with all the best words letter today. We did. Saying... Unnecessarily announcing something we knew from two weeks ago, which is that, <laughs> that we, we already received, received our two weeks ago. Payment. Yes. 
and his and, um, and I'm having a stroke signature. Yes, and we're kind of joking about it. We feel bad for because there are people that haven't received that. There are that. a ton of people who haven't. Yes. You know what the you know what the only caveat of that is? The last payment can can has to be made before December 31st. Yeah. So, so, There's so got, nothing in that. You literally have all year. It's supposed to be as as quickly as possible. By December thirty first. That's, that's all. Yeah. So people as quickly who are, as possible by the end of the year, which just began. People who are like, they have my information, they have it all. Where's my payment? You know what? But nobody knows. We don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. This was such a stupid idea. Not giving people money. The implementation that's a good idea, of it. But well. The legislation that yeah. called for what yeah. ended up being the implementation. This was just ill-conceived legislation. If you would like to get into a discussion about the... Um, that could be a nickname for our government. Alternative... Ill-con- ill-conceived legislation. <laughs> alternative minimum tax credit um, and net operating loss carrybacks as to why people are saying that it's a boon for big business. We can discuss that. Nobody wants to discuss that, so we'll move on. <laughs> That'll be our all bad <clears throat> politics. Let's get back to Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Mines. All right, so uh, got nationalized, a uh, national body to monitor safety and activity in over 1,400 UK mines, including this mine, the Merthyr um, Vale. Merthyr Vale. I keep wanting to say Merthyr Valley because of Stardew Valley. <clears throat> Merthyr Vale mine. Um, however, by this time, practices with Waste disposal at the mines, the mine, were approaching perilous, were approaching perilous, especially with regard to slag heaps. So coal mining is a dirty process and it, it produces a lot of waste products in the course of extracting what is a dirty fuel. Now, 60 million people, though, in America believe there's beautiful, clean coal out there. Well, I literally wrote, this is my editorializing. Like everything else the current U.S. president says, he is complete. This is my words, not Matthews. He is completely incorrect that there is such a thing as clean coal or clean, beautiful coal or whatever else. Whatever the the fuck else fuckface said. I believe the term he used was beautiful, clean coal. (laughs) And just. Sometimes there are no words. And don't inject yourself with uh, disinfectants, please. Oh, my God. Just don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Don't listen to him. Unfortunately, I can't say what he says doesn't matter because it does. Well, of course it does, yes. But just don't listen to it anyway. Like, it's it's fine. It'll all be fine. We'll put up a <laughs> we'll put up a 78-year-old senile rapist to go against him. There we go. Yeah. It'll, it's all going to work out. <laughs> If you don't laugh, you cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so the waste products. These components include shale, rocks, debris, mud, and tailings, which is a combination of dust, sand, and small particles. And this is important that take on a quicksand-like quality when wet. Yeah. So that's sort of the the thing is that I actually the, knows about that. Yeah, quicksand. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He actually got caught in quicksand. He has a picture once. of himself right. getting caught in quicksand. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And he's a geologist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like we talked about that in the. Was it. It was not Peru. Was it Peru? We, we've, talked about, we've talked about quicksand in an episode before. Not quicksand. It was a landslide. Right. But, but it was that viscous, like, mm-hmm. when. Oh, I didn't even go into it in this, and I shouldn't try to pretend what I'm I'm saying here. But like, 
um, when certain types of debris and water mix, it doesn't just turn into like liquid. It becomes this weird viscous mm-hmm. material. Yeah. It yeah. Can be like very the, especially dangerous. <clears throat> the shit that I work with uh, at my job, like if you fell into one of those tanks, um, it would. I'm. I'm assuming it would probably be like quicksand. Can you fall into those tanks? Not really. Oh, okay. Good. No, you'd have to. You can get into them. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, occasionally they have to be really deep clean, so people do go into them. Obviously, they're empty when they do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if, yeah, if some, some, it would almost take an act of God to fall into one. <laughs> but if it, if you did, and there were raw materials in there, you would probably not be able to get out. There is a really, there's two really interesting um, podcasts about people falling that was ruled an accident and or suicide that nobody could have possibly fallen into accidentally or suicidally. Yeah, in. there's... One is a season of The Accused, or sorry, just Accused, from the Cincinnati Inquirer. It's very a very good podcast. Um, Amber Hunt hosts it. And it was about a man who worked for, for Nald, I think was the name of the plant, but they, and I forget what the substance was, but it was something like they literally, the workers literally used to throw chicken bones into the vats just to see it like instantly. Yeah, Yeah. disintegrate. Well, a guy, quote, fell in or is suspected to have fallen in, but like multiple times it was pretty much shown, shown like no one could do that purposefully or even by accident in other words the implication it would have being, to be purposely he, the implication being he was killed like he was murdered or his body oh, was disposed yeah. of and then the other podcast is called phoebe's fall um and that is about a woman in australia whose death was ruled a suicide um she fell or was pushed or otherwise yeah in quotations down a trash chute in an apartment building where she fell into the trash compactor. Oh, God. I don't want to know. That's, it was that's fine. terrible. Yeah. But but so it was ruled a suicide. But they're like, um, the shoot, it, they said she was drunk and suicidal. And they were like, okay, but here's the thing. The shoot is like three feet off the ground, tiny, mm-hmm. and no fingerprints were found anywhere around the shoot. So like to feed yourself in, that would be impossible. She might have had a running head start and just... Went in, dove that's head first, and just how, timed it perfectly. No, that's not how the mechanism <laughs> works. But at any rate, I'm I, so I'm mildly obsessed with people dying in ways, falling into things that they can't have really done. So anyway, I'll, I'll get you the uh, the the bathroom book, uh, the Darwin Awards. <laughs> I have I have seen that. I think I've read some of that. Yeah. Um. So it what. Uh, the, the waste materials are is really just a loose assemblage of scree, which is loose stones and debris, that in the, at these collieries can reach 100 meters or 300 feet high in some areas. Yeah. That's 30 that's, stories, right? That's not safe. These huge piles are scattered around the location of the mine. In the case of Martha Vale Mine, there were seven of these slag heaps around the mine, reaching up to 34 meters, or 100 feet, by 1966. The combined mass of these slag heaps was 2 million cubic meters, or 2.6 million cubic yards. This is just fuck ton, right? We're getting back to fuck ton. With the most recent slag heap, number seven, containing 227 
thousand cubic meters or 297, and this is a direct quote from Matthew, cubic hamburgers or yards. Somebody, or Matthew, anybody, please expand on how hamburger is slang for yard. I think that's amazing. I've never heard that before. Me neither. (laughs) I'm assuming, I even looked it up and I couldn't find it. I'm assuming that it's some sort of slang. Probably. But. Or like regional dialect, maybe. mm Mm-hmm. I do not know. A hamburger is definitely not a, a yard. <laughs> they're, a get, they're, getting, they're getting bigger by the day, though. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> That's true. So these heaps were piled among the hills of the mine on the slopes above the village, among other important geological features of the region. Um, so think about this. Giant piles of sledge oh I'm, I'm thinking about it like it's just on a slope above <laughs> aberfan <just> fucking... <laughs> yeah Jeez, uphill, you, how could this, how could this have happened this will be fine <laughs> it was well known by the 1940s that the hill hills around the mine were dotted with streams and springs the area was also subject to flooding and the pan- oh yeah, well, because of all the rain. Yeah. yeah, and the pant glass region below the mine flooded repeatedly in the decade prior to the disaster. Coal debris from the mine blocked water drainage, causing complaints from locals. So it's like, okay, it, we get it. It's raining, but your shit is blocking our drains. Also, like we get it. Like this is our biggest industry, and we need this. But you're flooding our shit. But there's a different way to do it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Any anybody. Tip fry. <laughs> tip four. So this is pile four, right? Used from 1933 to 1945, was the first to be threatened by the local water board. It was built on boggy ground between two streams and needed a drainage ditch to maintain heap. Plus, could you imagine just which having, was completed. having this shit just around? Like a fucking like, gi- a, a giant g- pile of huge fucking trash pile of sledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's on unsteady that's, ground. That's a hundred feet high. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? I know. Well, and that's motherfucker, the thing. what the fuck? Motherfucker, what the fuck? They are. Um, they were numbered according to like. So they built up pile one, then it got too sure. big. So they built up pile two, yeah, and then <laughs> and so, so on forth. and so forth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In November 1944, despite this intervention that they dug the drainage ditch, a minor slag slip occurred as the top layer slid 490 meters or 1,600 feet down the slope, stopping 150 meters or 500 feet from the village of Aberfan. <sighs> so they just barely It came held pretty on. damn close, yeah. In 1960, Jeez, I wonder if this is going to happen again. <laughs> well, in 1963, Tip Seven, the more most recent one, saw two similar incidents as tailings and scree shifted. At this point, the slag heap ceased to be used for tailings, but remained in use for larger rubble. So not the, um, let's see, t- uh, I can't look the things. <laughs> this is only my first. A combination of dust, sand, and small particles. My first beer. This is only my first beer. There you go. That's all. Um, We're pulling for you. In 1964, <laughs> local residents raised concerns to the National Coal Board about Tip 7 and its location above the town of Aberfan. In particular, okay, its location directly uphill of Pentglass Junior School. Oh, no. Yeah. 
However, Mm. these complaints were ignored. With the BBC reporting that an implied threat regarding the mine's closure was made. And obviously, therefore, threatening the jobs of many in the area. So in other words, to get people to shut up, they were like, oh, we'll just just close the whole thing. And then you have no industry. And then everybody loses their jobs Mm -hmm. and your whole town is economically devastated. How about that? But if we keep the industry here, you might die. So those are your options. You know, you know, David, <laughs> what we have to keep in mind that if you if a few people uh, need to die right. to keep the economy open, it's all good. It's only like one to two percent of the population, yes, David. I mean, I am pro life, and I believe in that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag sarcasm for anyone who didn't know. Okay. <laughs> and I just I, I've I've <laughs> since listened to like three or four conservative talk show I was being like Re- reopen well because know your enemy that's why um, but there's, uh, there's several of them said like open the economy back up and if some people have to die and so be it I'm like yeah pro-life everybody yeah Woo. well we know that's all bullshit and hypocrite it only matters if you're not born yet yeah once you're born go fuck yourself and uh, go fuck yourself yeah that's right and we all know that the only reason it matters that you're not born yet is because it helps control women mm-hmm. and women's bodies so so let's or <laughs> the way matthew puts it is so much better let's speak about tip seven <laughs> <laughs> just so much such better wording it was the most recently built tip it was built in 1958 atop a spring <laughs> which prevented surface water Jesus drainage Christ. It also formed an impermeable later layer. I got impermeable and then I can't pronounce layer. An impermeable layer at its base, preventing water drainage into the earth in October of 1966. And remember, October is an especially rainy month in Wales. There were three weeks of heavier than average rain in Aberfan with six and a half inches or 16.51 centimeters falling in the first three weeks of the month. The composition of tip seven reduced the drainage of the rain, which combined with 23,000 cubic meters or 30,000 cubic yards of tailings to reduce the stability of the tip. On October 21st, 1966, miners reporting to work at 7.30 a.m. described that the tip level had dropped overnight on tip seven by nine to 10 feet. Well, I mean... That means stuff's starting to fall down. And also, in one sense, they're at least monitoring Mm -hmm. these. But let's see how good this monitor is. Which I honestly didn't even think they were doing that. So let's see how how good this monitoring is. So uh, we we know how good it was. There was an order given to stop dumping on tip seven for the remainder of the work week. But the level fell further by 9 a.m. Now, that's scary when they could observe a difference in like an hour or two then without warning at 9 15 a.m local time there it goes tip seven gave way jesse stop that (laughs) sorry he was chewing on the albums tip seven gave way and 140,000 cubic yards or 128,000 cubic meters of Sludge. sludge began thundering downhill towards Aberfan. Um, the apparently 
the sound of this was described as being like a jet airplane, like barely oh, I'm sure. right for the. Well, it's going down the side of a mountain, so just think about at the a massive rate of speed. Yeah, think of how large it is, and mm-hmm. yeah, ex- exactly the momentum that it's mm-hmm. going to pick up going down a mountain. Yep, absolutely. Uh, fucking good luck with that. The black mass of coal material and waste thundered downhill towards Pantglass Junior School and ripped through it, burying everything in its path. Although the sledge heap did not reach deep into Averfan, the Pantglass area was directly below Tip 7 and thus was directly impacted by the slide. (laughs) Somebody's chewing albums again. Oh, you're getting scooped. I'm getting scooped. Here, you sit. Sit with me. Okay. If I had my phone, I would take a picture of what this... Yeah, we're just... We're still just putting this off. Okay. The walls... uh, The walls of the school were obliterated, windows shattered, and classrooms instantly filled with this thick black mud. Just shit. It's just awful. The surrounding area began to flood as streams clogged. Sort of like a secondary issue, um, but still major. The advance of the sludge did not end until 11.30 a.m. when local water mains, which had been feeding the flow of the slide through the town, were switched off. Some teachers with... This is awful. I mean, awful and valiant and everything else. Some teachers within the junior school attempted to protect the children. Deputy Principal Di Di Benyon attempted to shield five children with a blackboard. But despite his uh, valiant efforts, nothing you can do. he and all 34 children in God. his classroom died. Meals clerk Nancy Williams used her body to shield five children, and all five children survived. She did not. So she, she literally she was just... did her just, due diligence. And that's, that's something that you hear in... Um, especially like in America more in more modern times school shootings are typically the the most disastrous things okay you can you can chew that you can chew the script that's okay um the most disastrous things that but don't don't dig at it just chew it it's Jesse Pinkman um School shootings are the most disastrous things that tend to happen in modern American schools. Um, school shootings are down. That's the one upside of COVID. Second to an education. Very cute. But you hear a lot in, in those circumstances of how protective the teachers are of oh, the yeah. children. It's it's always very moving and everything else. I believe he was the sole teacher that was killed in Columbine. There was either one or two. I think it was just one. Mm -hmm. But he um, he got shot um, attempting to protect well attempted to guide them Uh, mm -hmm. to like don't go this way like Mm -hmm. and he got he he died later in the day. He didn't die right away. But um, but yeah that's that's how they the kids that were with him said he went out like he was he was trying to do everything he could to protect us. Yeah. So. But you know they get paid enough. Oh yeah, they yeah. they get summers off. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just it's glorified babysitting. Is, is all it is. I think. 
It's just punch in the face anyone who ever says that again, especially after all this shit. Especially after this. Parents are losing their fucking minds having their children all day. It's like, how do you think your their uh, teachers feel? How do you think your teacher feel? feels? <laughs> and somehow they manage not to not to smack your child, your brat, your asshole spawn. Well, not that all kids are that. Like <laughs> that's kind of that's like that a referendum a on harsh, children. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that was a little hard. We've decided not to have them. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so it doesn't. So it. So another human doesn't turn out that way. Which, if we had one, it's pretty much since you're a nihilist and I'm like a socialist or whatever, you'd probably turn out to be a little asshole. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that was all to say teachers. We love, we love the children. No, we love the teachers. And maybe some of those children will grow into teachers one day, so we need to protect their ability to do so. I do firmly believe that children need to be protected because they're a vulnerable population. Of course. Just like the elderly, just like a lot of people in our society need to be protected um, and watched out for, which we're not doing a great job of right now. Ever. But um, <clears throat> Nancy Williams sure as fuck did because she saved five kids. Mm-hmm. Five kids at the risk, not only the risk, life. but the actual sacrifice of mm-hmm. her own life. So um, I do have, I, I put, I, I grabbed a couple of pictures. Honestly, once you start looking at them, they all start, are just various views of like the same. There's only so much horror you can take mm-hmm. in, you know. But here's like two different views, one from farther away, one from a little closer of the Jesus Christ. It just does it really does look like a giant mudslide. Yeah. Um that just tore right through. It just crushed. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Put that upside down. Yeah, don't need to keep looking at that right. The town tried to mount an initial response. The alarm was raised at 9.25 a.m. with both the local police and fire service informed. The New York Times at the time reported, quote, civil defense teams, miners, policemen, firemen, and other volunteers toiled desperately, sometimes tearing at the coal rubble with their bare hands to extricate the children. Yeah, this is an all-hands-on-deck situation. Oh, yes. Bulldozers shoved debris aside to get to the children. A hush fell on the rescuers once when faint cries were heard in the rubble. Mm. End quote. No thanks. Like just to know, like there could There's be a bunch of kids there, there well, that we you, need to. You know because out. you can hear them. Well, yes. Uh huh. In can't that get case. to them. Mm-hmm. Miners directed much of the initial dig response, arriving within twenty minutes of the disasters. Ooh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put a uh, <laughs> don't put a porter down like so firmly. It'll rip. What did I do? <laughs> that just, made you, it. You put it down really hard. Uh, how does that? <laughs> See, that didn't do. Ooh. Well, that was just a little puff. It didn't. It's that because didn't do it's because all the foam is at the top now, so there's no. You know, guys. You know when the beer just sometimes foams up for no reason. Well, that's what mine just it wasn't, did. It wasn't for no reason, but anyway. It, it was not because I laid it down hard. Nobody could hear it, and look, it's not doing it now. Because all the phones are already up. The phone was not in there to begin with, David. Jeez. Anywho. What did I say? Uh, uh, like something about uh, hello, tra- my baby. Something hello, about trapped children oh in the God. bottom of a coal rubble. Okay. 
All survivors were found by 11 a.m. Now, they did find 29 children and six adults. So that's 35 people they managed to save. So that's that's wonderful. That's pretty good. That is wonderful. Um, not the number that died, obviously. So hours after the last child was pulled out, fathers came straight from work uh, in the pit to dig, refusing to give up hope. I can, it's like, you can view, you can like see in your mind's eye the cinematic, like, except it was 10 trillion times worse, I'm sure, like, fathers running home and just being like, I don't give a shit. digging. I am just going to grab my shovel or just use my bare hands. Just use my hands. Uh Uh-huh. And, because where the fuck is my kid? Like, that, that's heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. Um... So they, yeah, they were just refusing to give up hope. At this point, a local secondary school headmaster recalled that the slag was still 10 meters or 33 feet high in the area where the school was located. You can kind of see that in it's the photo. Not, yeah, the, it's the not just up. like, it's not like no. everything is just flattened. No, no it's a, a huge up pile of, up. Yeah. 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 It's like a giant, like where I grew up, like a giant snowbank at the end of the, at yeah. the end of winter. Mm-hmm. It just keeps... Getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Clouds keep pushing Mm -hmm. it up, yeah. When all is said and done, 105 children between the ages of 7 and 10 had died, as had five teachers. 18 nearby houses were also destroyed along Moy Road, and I think Moy Road is also where Well, yeah, you can kind of see that in the photo, too. It's it's a neighborhood. Yeah, it is a neighborhood. While other houses and properties were forced to evacuate due to rising mud and water. Remember, there's Mm -hmm. the secondary issue of all this flooding. Overall, 144 people had perished, primarily due to asphyxia, skull fractures, and crushing injuries, with the 116 child deaths accounting for approximately 50% of the town's children. Jesus Christ. Can you... Half the kids are gone. Yeah. Realizing further slides were a danger, engineers from the National Coal Board began digging new drainage ditches below the tips to reroute water and reduce the risk. Oh, thank you, Too Little Too Late. Oh, boy. So, uh, the response to the disaster highlights both the good and evil in humanity. On the day of the disaster, thousands of volunteers attempted to reach Aberfan to assist in any way, from those who were minors to those who were just trying to help. And there's some pictures of that, too. Yeah, I mean, the the, the look on their faces mm-hmm. is just uh, pretty much yeah. hopelessness, I would say. Or just, like, stunned? Like, what yeah. the fuck just happened? Or a combination of both? I mean, this is just, yeah. Plus, they're... They're all still breathing in all that shit. Well, and it's all... These people most likely all know each other. You know? It's a little... Yeah. It's a little village of... Well, plus... 5,000 people. All the miners... Pro- well, a lot yeah. of the miners probably know everybody, each other. Everybody know, everybody know in that town. Yeah. Everybody in that town. You either work at the school or at the mine. Most likely. You know, there's some yeah. shops here and there. But probably all like these Messina to you, huh? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these people, most likely, they all know each other, you know? So yeah. I'm sure they all felt the weight of it. Yeah, yeah. Across the world, there was a sense of shock and horror. A disaster fund quickly raised 1.75 million pounds, which is uh, close to 32 million today. 
32 million pounds today, to help the community rebuild and care for the injured and bereaved. Many also wrote letters of sympathy, including mothers who had also lost children in accidents or illness, as well as people from the coal mining community. 50,000 of these letters still exist today. Mm. I imagine they're kept in some sort of project or whatever. Royalty came to visit Aberfan, first Prince Philip in the immediate aftermath, then Queen Elizabeth arrived eight days later. It is reported to be the sole regret of her time on the throne that she didn't immediately visit Aberfan. Mm. And I believe, I have not seen it myself, but I believe that that is depicted in The Crown. Oh, this uh, this disaster? Yes. Oh, Well, okay. especially Queen Elizabeth's interaction oh, and, all okay. that and her regret or whatever. Uh, to no one's surprise, <laughs> the National Coal Board emerged as the rightful villain in this story. 150,000 pounds of the aforementioned charity fund was used for removal of the remaining tips of above the village. Hey, yeah. how about we just about we get, get rid, of, rid of this thing that could happen again? Because, like, what was to keep it from happening again? I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that they thought this through. Like to remove it? Yeah. Oh, well, that was because of the people saying, mm. hey, and the people gave the money, too. Mm-hmm. It was from the charity fund. Right. That's what they used. Now, the National Coal, Coal Board, I'm just going to call it the NCB now because I cannot say that anymore, uh, only finally repaid the cost of this in 1997. So this was the charities, the charity foot the bill, uh, like for, what, 31 years? years. Yeah. yeah. At the behest of Welsh Secretary Ron Davies, and they also didn't pay any interest on it, so they literally just, like, paid it back. That was mm-hmm. all. That was a nice 0% interest loan. Um, instead, the NCB treated the villagers as troublemakers. Yeah. Because the old blame yeah. the victim defense these fucking, has never been tried before. These fucking people decided to build a village... Where something could come down the mountain and like, crush them to problem? death. These, these motherfuckers. Jeez. Like, didn't they know that this was going to happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, parents. I'll, I'll get into my rant later. Oh, I know. Parents of the children who died were entitled to a whopping 500 pounds from the NCB, but had to prove their closeness to their children. Before payments were made. What does that even I mean? I have no idea. What does that mean? No idea. Like, I... Have you hugged your child before? I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you fed him? Well, he is still alive, so we're guessing you've... Well, he's not alive anymore. He was alive at the time, so we're guessing you did those things. But we need more... What the fuck does that even mean? I, know, I don't know. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Matthew added this. Fun fact, NCB also stands for non-caring bastards. <laughs> sure, yeah. It sounds about right. The NCB chairman, Lord Robins, also refused... Lord Robins. Lord Robins also refused to visit Aberfan in the immediate aftermath of the disaster yeah. and claimed later that the underground spring was an unknown element when the tip site was selected. Fucking whatever. And, and this is also a great sentence from Matthew... To further prove that the man was less aware of his popularity than a fart in a confessional, <laughs> Lord Robins later ran a misinformation campaign to maintain no. his role in the NCB. Now, come on. It's the only time in human history that's ever happened. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, there's no. 
Mm. Neither of us have anything smart to say, do we? I, I just mean like any anything to interject I, I, I in that. Have, I have plenty moment. to say, but I'm just I'm holding it back. We're almost done. On October twenty fifth, nineteen sixty six, the Houses of Parliament elected to establish a tribunal under Lord Justice Edmund Davies to assess and establish the cause of the disaster. However, <laughs> they couldn't have just like looked and been like, oh, just, "That's just not a good idea." Well, you have to still. <laughs> I understand you, you have, have to, to go through the. Uh, you have to establish it through the court system, but right? But literally, like a five-year-old could have told them, "Like you, you probably shouldn't." Well, do it this. doesn't mean that it's going to be difficult to figure it yeah. out, but they just have to do it the right way, they right? Have to go through the process. Yeah. However, there is feeling among among well. amongst Welsh nationalists and those in the mining community that the government response would have been stronger (coughs) had the disaster occurred in upper class England. So it was kind of like, hey, you just think like you're you're just just looking down on us as the mining people. You're just the fucking bottom feeders. If you die, you die. Yeah, that's probably what they thought. No fucking big deal. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. The magazine Barrow is reported to have said, quote, if the inhabitants of Hampstead or Thandaff had been threatened by this kind of danger, there's no doubt that it would have been removed in time. But where is Aberfan? Does anyone think that an industrial corporation would have dared to erect such a peril above Eton or Harrow, or would have allowed children to remain there despite warnings? But these were the children of the working people. Yeah. And, they're, they're and just, they're, we they're clearly disposable. don't we clearly don't understand the Hampstead, Eaton, Harrow, whatever. Not at all. But <laughs> but the last sentence says it all. These were the children of the working people. Yeah. They don't matter. Nevertheless, a pattern of blame was quickly found and laid at the door of the NCB. So fortunately, yeah, they, they came to the right conclusion. After 76 days of testimony, the longest tribunal of its kind in British history to that point, 136 witnesses, 300 exhibits, and around two and a half million spoken words, the tribunal was complete. It took up to day 49 of testimony for the NCB to admit its tip safety protocols were not up to scratch, and up to day 65 of the trial to state that tip instability could have been foreseen. So they did actually take responsibility, but it took them fuck took tongue them, long took enough them the to... Whole fucking, it, uh, took, it took them until they couldn't deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what that mm-hmm. says. What's more, all of this was known by the NCB before the tribunal fuck, began. It's not it like was. they just came yeah. up with it as they admitted it. Just a basic... Again, just like a basic... Logic. Uh, okay. You know, like... <laughs> Just any just basic human could have looked at that and just been like, they probably shouldn't do that. It's uphill a giant... <laughs> I mean, if the kids were on the playground, what, could it's they not, look up it's, at that fucking thing? It's I not like the so. pile was 10 feet high. No. We're talking the piles were 100 feet high. And there were and there were seven of them that could potentially uh, all of a sudden... And one just directly uphill. Yeah. Uphill. Yeah. Not not next on flat land. No, uphill. Up a hill. On the side of a mountain. So on August 3rd, the report was published and its findings were as follows. One, the NCB was to blame. Good. Two, the lack of tipping policy was evident and the cause of the disaster. Three, no legislation for tipping policy was in place in the UK or in much of the world. And four, the legal liability of the NCB is incontestable. And uncontested. Now that applied to personal injury and property damage. The NCB paid about $160,000... Sorry. 
pounds, 160,000 pounds in compensation overall, which is around 200, 253 million pounds or 207,064, $431 today. Um, now, if you want to be super gauche and do the math, that apparently that's, means that... That's like nothing. Well, that apparently means that each victim was worth a little less than 20000 mm-hmm. Or if you just break it up amongst the kids, then kids are only worth about 24000 apiece. Sounds about right. <sighs> no NCB staff were sacked. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that term. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or demoted. Meaning fired. Yes. Due to this disaster, no prosecutions were carried out. I've never heard that before either. Lord Robins offered to tender his resignation to the government, but both Minister for Power, Richard Marsh, and Prime Minister Harold Wilson refused to accept his resignation. In 1997, it was revealed... Yeah, it was, it was only 100 and some kids killed. Like, it wasn't 200. In 1997, it was revealed that Marsh had agreed with Robins in advance of receiving his letter of res- resignation that he would refuse to accept it. So, in other words, it was all It was just show. a gesture. It was all show. Yeah. Good legislature good legislation was brought in its aftermath, which might prevent these foreseeable disasters, but all too late for Aberfan. Um, some of the victims did receive money from the charity and and or from um, uh, the NCB, but as a father told Life magazine in 1967, quote, "I lost my daughter and we were lucky to save the lad. No amount of money will fetch any of them back, right. will it yeah. end quote. And that, my friends, is the story of the Aberfan disaster. And I'm not <laughs> drunk enough yet, because that's awful. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we, we no hear foam. we hear it doesn't cost foam, but it did the one time, and I Didn't. got it. Anyway, we, well. we see this over <laughs> and over and over again, and now that the, that this COVID nineteen has put life for the world kind of on hold for a little bit. I think the question we need to be asking ourselves, and I'm asking this just as an American, because this is where I live in the United States, what kind of America do we want to go back to exactly? Like, that should be the question we're all asking ourselves. Like, yeah, we want to go back to to normal, but was normal really that good? Well, and plus also, like, I think I think the major issue is at what cost? Yeah. Because that's coming up a lot right now. Yeah, some people are going to die, but blah, blah, blah. The only reason that people are willing to say that is because who they'll think because, will die. Because it's not their ass on the line. Exactly. Yeah. In general, they're talking about elderly, immunosuppressed, disabled, people... Poor people, um, people of color being disproportionately affected, people with underlying health conditions. It's like a really fucked up form of eugenics saying, well, we'll get, get we're gonna sacrifice these people. Yeah, get back to work. For my stock yeah, portfolio. What the fuck are you doing? Get back to work. Um, I listened to something from Ben Shapiro, Shapiro oh, God, earlier today. Why? Uh, like once a year, he says something interesting. So I'm hoping to catch it. Interesting you know, that, meaning correct? Yeah, or not? he does. Yeah, he's, occasionally he's right. It's like wow. 0.005% of the time. Mm-hmm. But he said something today. I've always looked at Ben Shapiro as just a little shit. Like, just just like a... He's someone I like don't understand. Just flick him in the face. Why anybody... But, why why he is a thing? Why he, is Ben Shapiro a thing? Uh, well, that's, that's another deep dive. But what he said about potential um, chicken plant workers going on strike, saying they should all be fired, 
It's like, hey, motherfucker, if you want the economy up and running, why don't you go work at the fucking chicken plant? What did he say right? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying once a year he says something right. I'm oh, saying this, this was is, not the... No, okay, this was not that. <laughs> gotcha. This was something that enraged me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, no Dude, kidding. you do a fucking podcast from your house. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Mm-hmm. We do this as a hobby. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same thing right now, but it's not... We don't get paid to do this. He gets paid to be a fucking asshole. Like, literally, just a demeaning fucking motherfucker. And completely and safe physically doing Exactly. That. And some of these fucking people, like... Like him, like Sean Hannity, like especially what's the the fucking that one guy? It doesn't matter. And they're all the fucking same. If I ever saw any of these motherfuckers out in public, the restraint that I would have to put on myself not okay. to choke any of these motherfuckers out, like and not even <clears throat> not even thinking about it. Like growing up as a defenseman, if somebody hits your goalie, it's just it's an automatic response. You fight that person. Mm-hmm. It's like putting on your pants to go outside. It's like, this is what I should do. Like, you don't even think about it. It's just a switch. Automatic, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd be able to turn that off if I ever saw one of these people. The main thing to keep in mind is what is at the bottom of it, which this is a similar incident. Industry being greater than human lives. And we're we're seeing that all over the place. To be honest and fair, we've always done that oh it's that's that's never it's changed not just america throughout no throughout human history humanity has mm-hmm. done that humanity Forever. has time and time again chosen money over human lives mm-hmm. it's like it's actually there there are people there are people called actuaries who figure this these yes there are out. yes there are <laughs> what is worth it and uh, what's not worth if it if we go to war with iraq how many people is that going to cost Mm-hmm. Like that's figured. Hope well, hopefully, I don't think it was figured for that one. Well, but, then but unless, in, and let's figure out what that is per person. Are we okay yeah. with that per person? It's equating, what is the monetary what is the monetary value of a soldier? Like exactly how many right. how, equates, how much money are we going to lose? It equates human lives with money, and I hope that everybody listening is in agreement that there is not a dollar amount. Nope. The money, all the money in the world. I don't care if it's. See, that's why I'm that's why I'm against capital punishment, because if I'm going to say this full blown to the fullest extent, right. you know, extrapolate this as far as possible. All the money in and the world isn't worth. And not all those people are guilty of what they were accused of. either. Well, I was going to say like Jeffrey Dahmer's life or well, whatever. But but that's the, the he could idea. just rot away for the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The idea is it's about and and it is just it is just a st- stupid, awful white supremacist, horrible eugenics extrapolation to just say that certain people are expendable. What it is. As long as it's not happening to, you know, young white people, then what does it matter? How I've seen it and how I've <clears throat> how I've viewed it, especially during, because this whole COVID-19 situation is exposing a lot of things mm-hmm. in a lot of countries. Um, mm-hmm. And how I've, it's shifted uh, my belief in... <clears throat> What will people do to attain power is not as great as what they will do to hold on to it. Hmm. And we're seeing a lot of that now because because they know they they fucking know the jig is up. They they know the the powers that be know. Like if we give people money to stay home, when this is all over, they're hmm. gonna spend it all. And that's the end of this myth that we've been telling people for forty years. Like no, if you just give it all to the rich. 
everything will be fine. You know, not to the plebes. Fuck you, people. Like, what are you going to do with that money? You going to spend it? Are you going to put it in a stock portfolio? No, you're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. It just, I know. just the this whole situation is, and like I, like I said, and we have international listeners as well that I'm sure are going through the same thing. Oh yes, um, and beyond in some cases. So, so my thing is just ask yourself, just. Every day, just remind, like, what kind of world do we want to mm-hmm. go back to when this is all over? Because we Cause do have some say right now. Right. And the Earth has already cast its vote. Oh, the Earth doesn't give a shit. We've <laughs> no, said that. How yeah. many times have we said that? Nature doesn't give a shit. No, they don't give a fuck. Like, Earth, Earth, Earth's vote's in, like, in case you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, the canals in Venice are clear. There's coyotes on the fucking Golden Gate Bridge. They're like, wow, look at this thing. This is awesome. You know what else? Um, well, never mind. Uh, could, we could go on and on. Yeah. But um, I, it's it just really is infuriating that not only, and that's like in this disaster, not only was it that it was worth risking children's, children's lives. lives. Like, people who haven't even had a chance to live oh, they're just, their lives. They're they're just the fucking children of fucking useless well, coal Well, that's workers. the other thing. It's clearly class-based, right? Oh, yeah. Clearly class-based. Again, I mean, that, that explains the whole rise of, uh, to me in a very big way, the, the rise of, uh, of Donald Trump is because we couldn't have the discussion in, in this country. Donald Trump's ascent was completely class-based. Like, people miss that. Um, but we couldn't have the discussion of, as Americans of, how do we feel about class? Like, we've never been able to have that discussion, honestly. Well, because of what the answer is. Yeah. Because the answer is, and they know the answer, mm-hmm. is... Uh, we happen to think that some people are more valuable than others. Right. That is the Ameri- that, that's a large yep. part of American ethos. It is of, of the world, world ethos. Worldwide it's ethos. a human ethos, mm-hmm. right? Some people are expendable. Yep. Some people are some people's lives are worth more than others. Mm-hmm. And that is And that's what needs to change. Shit. Coming out of this, that is the first thing that needs to change. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I agree. And that's just And <sighs> and I and I even if you're <laughs> Well, I said I before I would choke out Ben Shapiro. I'd let him live. I would just make him unconscious. But even his life is important. And even his kid's life, if, if he has any. Everybody's life is important. Just some people just need to be knocked down a peg or two and, well. and understand that. But we'll see if that day ever comes, which it probably won't. Anyway. We're just descending into like, <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. We're just not helping anybody right now. What? The first page. What? Just so I, yeah. Well, you have to read around Jesse's bite marks. That's okay. <laughs> if anybody wants a chewed up, scratched up script, <laughs> we've got one for you. Matthew M. Yes, thank, thank you very you much. Thank you so much. That was very... The, I mean, when I say he wrote this script, yeah, I interjected a couple little yeah. things. He really wrote the bulk of it. So that that was well done. And it's funny because I was like, oh, well, maybe I can add a couple things to this. Let me look up some more details. And I'm like, no, no. It's, it's, just, it's honestly just more of the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he did a good job. Plus... He did a great job. We don't, we don't need to... No. We don't need to delve anymore into the deaths of lots of innocent little kids yeah. who got killed at school. Who got killed from just For straight up malpractice. preventable industrial yeah. 
disaster. Yeah. But whatever. They're yep. just they're just coal miners' kids. Well, can um, we end on something nice? Is there any way to do that? What's something nice? We're still here for you. I, I don't know. It's sad that you have to struggle yeah. to come up with something nice, no. but uh. Um. Ugh. Maybe we should just end it. <laughs> so that's not nice. Oh, um. Do join the discussion group. I was going to talk about some things that on Facebook, if you're on Facebook. Um, remember, you just have to answer one question. What's one of your favorite disasters? Meaning most interesting, obviously, or more when you're most interested in. Not favorite as in you're right. a fan of it. <laughs> um, even saying, I don't know, or listing a few. This is not a final answer sort of thing. Um, and we'll let you in. But I was going to talk about some fun stuff like posts and stuff that people have been putting on the discussion group. But also it's like, well, some people put things on a discussion group because it's a little bit more of a closed forum as mm-hmm. opposed to just open to the public. So I don't want to do that. Um, but I will say that um, I enjoy a discussion group and everybody who's involved in it. And it's um, it's fun and interesting and uh, people share some cool stuff. We have a lot of cool <coughs> listeners. Very I, cool people. Since this whole thing happened, I do not go on social media as much. So yeah. if I've missed some things here and there, I, I apologize. It's just I'm trying to I keep an eye on it. Stay it's okay. off social media for the most part. Yeah, so, that's understandable. I think I think a bunch of people are. Yeah. That's understandable too. And I'm still trying to figure out something fun. Except I have to pee now, so Okay. Well that makes two of us. <laughs> so So that was unfortunately that was the Aberfan disaster. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.